Okay, hello, and welcome back to Tells Podcast. Podcasting from the closet. My name is Andrew. I am 39 years old, professional poker player slash professional YouTuber, and I am joined today by Boosie. Say hello. Hello. Okay. Now, now you go. The rest is up to you. <laughs> that was my contribution to this podcast. On today's episode of Tells, uh, I have no idea what's going to happen. But we are back in the closet for another episode. We were just debating before recording about which format, which medium we should be utilizing to record this discussion, this weekly discussion that we have. Since we started off with just audio, then we created a second channel and added video to this experience. But... Andrew feels self-conscious today and doesn't want to be on camera, so... Mm, not true. Send your best tips on how to not be self-conscious in front of the camera. <laughs> no, not true. Uh, I am feeling a little bit probably over-analytical about all things creation, though, lately. Do you want my advice? I already know what your advice is. What is my Stop advice? Stop thinking so hard. Get out of your own head. Chill out. No. How do you know that? I was just going to give you the advice that you give everybody else and you give me all the time it's just like which is do what do whatever you want just do stuff doesn't mm -hmm. matter like figure it out but mm -hmm. before we move on to that please help us make this very very difficult decision what should we do should we record tells podcast on audio and video or just audio yeah and if you people don't respond to this question then we'll just shut everything down and there'll be nothing <laughs> left <laughs> Very dramatic. <laughs> okay, so let's. Do you want to talk about your creative angst? Is that what? Mm, it, what does it feel like? I don't think I have like creative angst. I think I my angst is more over like the the poker side of things, really, more than the creation side because I'm still like pretty eager to get out there and do stuff. Like we recorded. Uh, one of our dates this past week. We got that video up on the second channel, the Andrew and Boosie channel. Um, and I was pretty happy to go do that. And I'm pretty eager to go record some more stuff for that. But uh, as far as poker goes in Las Vegas, I'm sure people have heard me talk about this before, but uh, just pretty spent, I think, on the whole thing. And uh, I think like part of it was I was pretty excited for the World Series to roll around and uh, just have that in my backyard because that's always been a great, I've always had great results during that month and a half. But uh, it just felt like it just wasn't, uh, well, like for a cash game player, it was kind of a letdown, I think. Um, and like a bunch of people I talked to just said like the games, yeah, just feel pretty mediocre and everyone's playing tournaments. And that's cool to see, you know, it's cool to see all the uh, the buzz and hype about all these uh, participants in all these tournaments. So I think I just need to like make some adjustments going forward. And it's just like in this period of you know, before I've made the adjustments and just kind of like not sure where that next step for me will be. It's got nothing to do with the impending 4-0. <laughs> I mean, there's that's everything I just talked about is like what's at the forefront. And then, yeah, there's also like all sorts of, you know how there's like long-term tilt type things? <laughs> I'm not sure I, what is long-term tilt. I well, think I've I mean, explain to me. I mean, like in a poker sense, say you're in a downswing. Is that long-term tilt? 
that can create long-term tilt where it's like, or even like a, say even like a break-even stretch, say you're not like making progress or like putting, putting wins together, your bankroll isn't really growing over, you know, like maybe say a couple months worth of time or something like that. Mm. There can be like built up tilt. So what does built up tilt do? Is it just easier to tilt? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably sets you off a little bit easier. Um, maybe you like approach the game a little bit more timidly uh, due to extended negative results or negative variance. And so it's not like it doesn't have anything to do with like something like that just happened. It's just sort of kind of there in the background. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think, the human condition. I think we need to understand the human condition better. Because I feel like that is always, that feeling is more constant than quote-unquote happiness. Because, like, if the point of existence is expansion, expansion is never, like, easy. So you will always feel this, like, stretching, mm, not quite comfortable type feeling. Okay. So what is the point of existence? Expansion. That is the point? That is is what you're saying? Yeah. If that's the point. I'm not 100% sure. Like, that is my take. So that's the stance I've decided. Well, that's stressful because if you're not experiencing expansion in the moment, then you're failing at the whole point of life. (laughs) Okay. So then what is the point of life? I don't know. I was hoping you were going to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but... Isn't the universe expanding? Don't scientists like say literally? that? They, yeah. Yes. So if you are part of the universe, do you not think that you are expanding as well, whether it is visible or invisible? Maybe the point is to stop the expansion somehow. We have to create technology that shrinks <laughs> the universe, shrinks ourselves, and we stop expanding. We decrease our bankrolls and live off nothing somehow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay (laughs) i don't know it's a thought can i say and i wish and i hope that if i come to you with this type of experience that you will remind me of this too like the current pain that you're feeling is because you had such high expectations of the world series okay right but if you just experience the series as is and disassociated with the actual experience would you feel so as much like i guess so but it's a little bit hard to do that when most of the preparation that you've done is for one thing and it turns out there's less opportunity in that one thing as there is in another thing so what would have been the alternate opportunity you think i probably should have just like played as many tournaments as i could stomach okay yep but you hadn't prepared for that yeah Okay, so what is a poker player supposed to do? Or just even a human, because I I get that. I think you're right, but I think I need to probably not, like, freak out about, like, such a short-term experience and just kind of be ready for the next sort of instance or 
just adjust going forward. I feel that way often. How so? You're angry about the cash games not being good? (laughs) All the time? A long-term tilt. Yeah. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I planned my life to turn out a certain way, and it hasn't. Yeah. So, but then what do you do, Yeah, right? right. So, like, the only alternative is to just, like, deal with it and adjust and not spaz out. No, but just, I think, not acknowledging that that will always be. Like, this experience is not once-off. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I guess so. And not to say you shouldn't feel the way you feel, because how you feel is how you feel. So that's good and valid. But just know that it will be back. Maybe next year. Maybe six months from now. What will be back? That feeling. Oh, I was hoping the cash games. <laughs> and the cash games will get better. No, they won't. That's the problem. <laughs> I, I don't know enough about poker to talk about whether or not the cash games are going to get better or not. But Yeah. So we got to do something here, because... What is it? <laughs> like cash games? Playing cash poker? Being a professional cash game player in Las Vegas. Okay, we're going to move to California, right? Okay, let's go. <laughs> Pack up this closet. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be relieved now that World Series is over? Um. Oh, almost Yeah, over. I'm looking forward to doing some other things, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll be getting back on the road, so... Yeah, a bunch of meetup games coming up, but it's like, it's, I don't know, it's cool, and the opportunity is awesome, but it's also exhausting. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to that, but then... Pompano Beach? <laughs> Andrew, coming through. <laughs> yes. I'm going to be in Pompano Beach for like a week straight. Well, if you live close to Pompano Beach, you know where to find Andrew and Brad. <laughs> Pompano Beach. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Didn't you go to Pompano Beach? Brad and I will be on the beach (laughs) sipping pina coladas. Playing cards. Yes, playing heads up. (laughs) Didn't you go to Pompano when you you were growing up? Your mom said something to that effect. Yes. Used to be family vacation destination for the Nimis. Did you drive? Yes. I think one time we flew, but a few times we drove down in a minivan from Michigan to Florida. To Florida, tell me about that experience driving to Pompano Beach from Michigan. Uh, Do you remember? Yeah, I don't really have like bad memories. I mean, I just remember it taking a long ass time. But <laughs> I can't imagine what you did if you can't sit still on the couch when we were recording. Tell. <laughs> well, I brought the Game Boy with me okay. first of all. Uh, there was no iPads back there, so the Game Boy was the height of technology. Uh, I don't know what else we did. Probably argued some. With your brothers? Yeah. Slept some, brought her pillows and stuff in the car. Uh, Drove through some Midwestern storms. I remember that. That stuck out a little bit. Sticks out (laughs) a little bit. But eventually we got there. I remember like my dad, you know how I like never stop for gas until the very end? Is that your dad's MO too? Pretty much. But like he also like wouldn't stop for a motel until like. 2.30 2.30 in the morning oh, with no. the whole family. And then like all the motels are all like fully booked. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had to drive from like town to town to find like a day's in. <laughs> that is something my dad would do as well. Yeah. 
And then you're wrecked the next day. I don't understand yes, what the point is. It was is. very silly. I mean, we probably like got a hotel like in northern Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and woke up and drove like another three hours down to our destination. And then we were there. Full circle. Back to Pompano Beach. Yeah, but Brad and I are not driving in a minivan. We're actually <laughs> flying. And you're not going to be on the beach all week? Mm, no, probably be playing. I'm looking forward to playing games outside of outside of Vegas. Yeah. I always get energized and enthused to play poker outside of Vegas. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to that. And yeah, I guess we'll have so much time there that we'll be able to get a lot of play time in, hours in, yeah. do some other stuff. Maybe you should come and hang out for a couple of days so that we can record uh, a video from Florida. See, I'm sure the people want to know where a nice cocktail spot is in Pompano. We're going to find that spot. We're going to be the people that find the spot. In I'm very Pompano good at that. Beach. It's one of my talents. I feel like I should be devoting a lot more energy to that. <laughs> to finding cocktail spots. Yes. <laughs> I, okay. uh, this week, earlier this week, not to like do all the talking on this episode, you're going to have to jump in here at some point, but, uh, I, uh, earlier this week, I did a little walkabout thing and took photos on Instagram, Instagram stories, and uh, I was back in my element. Uh, what did you discover in your walkabout? Uh, I discovered mainly Main Street Casino Hotel. I don't think I've ever been in there. Yeah, there was a bunch that I hadn't seen before, and I need to go back and sh- take you with me because it was kind of cool. They have like this... There's no, like, signs or anything towards it. So, like, I was walking through the casino, and I noticed that there was, like, a second level um, up above the casino. And I was wondering, like, what's up there? Is there machines up there, games or whatever? Uh, I couldn't really see anybody. So I eventually found an elevator to get up to the second level. Mm-hmm. But it's only, like, this walkway, and they have the rest of it sort of, like, cordoned off. But there's, like, these old pool tables and, like, these old chairs Mm -hmm. and it must have been like super cool hip spot back in the day when there was only you know downtown las vegas before the strip uh because you could you know that's there's like the the balcony or whatever that overlooks the the main casino floor um but it's all like sort of preserved like that like old style um that's what i was going to ask is this like stuck in time yeah so that was pretty cool um there's this wall where they have all these plaques where if you roll dice, if you roll craps for at least an hour straight, mm-hmm. you get a little plaque. And the, it's called like the golden arm plaque. <laughs> but you can lose a lot of money rolling dice for an hour straight, no? No, you're winning a bunch of money if you're rolling for an hour straight. Really? Without like, I don't know what the phrase is. Like, I don't, People call it like crapping out, but I don't think that's the right phrase. Okay. You know, like when you roll a point and then you make the point. No, my craps knowledge is very, very low. Yeah, but uh, before like sevening out or whatever the hell it is, if you can do it for an hour straight, then you get a little plaque on the wall. Are you going to attempt to do this? (laughs) Probably not. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And 250 drafts over there. They have a brewery over there. Yeah. Had myself a good pale ale for 250. Mm. I'm not sure which is worse than my health, poker or drinking. (laughs) <laughs> one is worse for my mental health one is worse for my physical health <laughs> so you need to leave both behind start a new yeah but there's no time to start a new or maybe there is I don't know 
Oh, so that's the problem. Right? That's one of many problems. Because it's not like the ability to just let go of what you know. Sure. I mean, everybody, I think. Yeah. Deal with that. Understand that. Just let go. Here. I'm helping you. I'm letting, helping you with your fingers. I want to get into MMA. It might also be too late to start that, though. You're going to be a professional MMA fighter? Yeah. Don't laugh. I'm not going to laugh. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's absolutely possible, but that's a very expensive sport. So what else maybe, are you going to do? Maybe I'll love it, though. I'll do muffs. Huh? Muffs. What is that? Meet up fights. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, you think people want to come and spa with you? Not just me. Everybody. It's going to be like, you know, the meetup game is not just me. You know, it's everybody's against everybody. Just sparring it's a huge, against. A huge brawl. All right. <laughs> okay. These, these uh, career choices. Um, All right. I'll keep thinking. How are you? Good. I discovered a podcast that I'm obsessed with. Yeah. It's called The Dream. The Dream? Yes. So The Dream is about multi-level marketing. Why am I so obsessed with multi-level marketing? <laughs> multi-level marketing. Or network in, marketing or pyramid schemes or... As in Herbalife. Herbalife, Amway, uh, Limelight or Lime World, which is the makeup one, Unique. There are so many. BitConnect. Was BitConnect and MLM? I think it's dead now, isn't it? Yes. But this podcast, so the girl who created the show is a former American Life presenter or producer. So it's got that very, this American Life feel. Mm -hmm. Um, So immediately it's like familiar, you know, like the way they tell the stories. It's Mm -hmm. like very uh, engaging. So the first couple of episodes, I was just like, oh, I'm such a bitch because I always sort of judge people who approach me to join multi-level marketing, you know, as like, why would you think that I would want to join that? But there's like so many psychological reasons the show presents about the why people join multi-level marketing businesses and how it started as this way for women to get back into the workforce but not only that but still work at home i mean there's always a dream that you can like feed your family or whatever with this money but most people never make it there was one woman who said she has thirty thousand dollars in debt thanks to market thanks to the her participation in it over life she mm. had so much over life product because she put paid like five grand to get uh, move up in status, right? So that's how they get you to buy product. You've seen the people with the garages, right? Full of sure. product. It's because it's... they want you to to get like direct status. You can okay. buy your way into direct status because if you haven't <laughs> sold any product yeah. and they go, oh, you know, you can buy your way there by buying it's... five grand worth of product. Like I think Americans have a love for like entrepreneurship but also at the same time we're like suckers for both marketing and for like shortcuts 
So I think, uh, you know, these market, these multi-level marketing things, it's almost like, here's a kit. Here's like a kit that you can use to be, be an entrepreneur. Turnkey business. Turn That's what business. it's called. A turnkey business. <laughs> okay. Business so in a they, box. They, they used to sell some things. Right. Exactly. So, you know, normally you have to like figure out all these things from scratch. But like if someone hands you a business, a turnkey business, then you're an entrepreneur. And you also fall for like for the marketing that goes along with all these things. You know, I think we're I think Americans are pretty big suckers for for marketing. But it's not only Americans, right? There was Amway in South Africa, so they got there. Okay. You know, so there is that, I think, inherent thing in humans sure. to, I don't know, build. I, I don't know why, though, because the fun part of building a business is figuring out all these things. Well, we and, just like to hear a good story. Like, we, and that's kind of like what marketing is. Like, you, it's storytelling and it plays on your emotions, right? And it's like, you're just, you follow along the marketing story and you just like someone walks you down this path as in, as they lead you into thinking that you can easily do this. And there's like never going to be anything easy about being successful or being an entrepreneur. Yeah. I find it endlessly fascinating. There and... was a, there was a girl we went to high school with whose mom was like, like Amway superstar. Yeah had like tons of Amway stuff in her basement, but also I guess like, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know much about it. I still, I still don't know how it works exactly, but <laughs> I assume she was, had some sort of an income from it. But that's the thing. They say the biggest problem with the MLMs is the secrecy and the lies. Cause nobody wants to, even when you go to the conferences, nobody wants to say, cause I'm making zero money. Yeah. Everybody just puts on, I'm, you know, I'm working it. It's, it's working out. It's a little bit slow, but nobody wants to admit that I've made no sales. And even if you do go to these training conferences, some of them, there's no training. It's just motivational. You can do it. And then they tell you, you are not, if it's not the product, that's a problem. It's you. If somebody else can sell it, then you are the problem. So not only do they like hype you up, they just like crush you in the same in the same day. Yeah. I went to one of those. One meeting. Yeah. One time. For what? I don't even remember what product it was. I just remember my boyfriend at the time saying, we're going to go to this like business thing tomorrow <laughs> night. And I was like, oh, he's so smart. That sounds cool. And then all of a sudden we were picking up people to take them to the meeting. So we we're like picking up his friends. I was like, this is odd. Okay. And then when I got there, I said, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. I've seen this before because I've like I saw my mom's friends, you know, like selling all these Tupperware parties, Tupperware, Pressless. My mom used to sell Pressless, which is like bidding, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's like premium bidding, but you can only buy a direct sales. So what were they, what were they selling at this thing? I don't remember. <laughs> you not remember? I, I don't remember. I didn't even, I probably just switched off when I heard <laughs> that it was like, if you just get two people to sign up in a week, I was like, uh-uh, mm-mm, nope. You could have been... MLM superstar? You could have owned Herbalife. <laughs> An Herbalife director. What do they call him? Godfather? 
What is it? <laughs> but yeah, you're like a director or a supervisor, super director. I don't know. But um, if Capo. He, anybody has MLM experience that they'd want to share with us, I want to know real life stories, not stories from the dream. <laughs> real life stories. If you've made a, a big or a good there living. There could be people out there that are, uh, you know, salespeople in something. No, for sure. Because, I mean, it doesn't not work. It works for some people, right? Yes. But the, they say that the problem with the MLMs is that the saturation level, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't know where, where that saturation level is. You don't know whether you're, you know, sales consultant 500 or sales consultant 50,000. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, like Herbalife, they actually sell stuff, right? <laughs> right, but every single one of these businesses if you get a consultant to talk to you, you know, like, because you have an upline, which is the person who signed you on, yeah. they'll always tell you, you don't make money from selling, selling yeah, products. From you make money from recruitment. Right. But the stuff that they actually sell, does it have some sort of value to it? I don't know. I've never used Herbalife. <laughs> I mean, people always said they lose weight on Herbalife, but as soon as they stop taking Herbalife, then they put the weight back on, which... Hmm. is not sustainable. Why not just never stop? You're just going to take products? Because it's just Inject meal it. replacements. They sell shakes and stuff. Get an so ID. It, <laughs> baby, it's basics. Calories in, calorie uh, energy out. Yeah. So it's not Herbalife that's changing your life. It's Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's Herbalife. I saw that. My dad took Herbalife. Somebody sold it to him. Yeah. And he lost weight for a little bit. And then he put it right back on. I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> so by the time I was an adult, I'd seen so many of these things. And especially in the church. Apparently, churches are huge for multi-level marketing. But anyway, so that was my find for the week. So I listened whenever. Driving, working out, cooking dinner. I was just listening to all right, the there podcast. you go. You guys got another podcast suggestion. The dream. I think the most terrifying thing was like how involved the government is mm-hmm. in these multi-level marketing businesses. Yeah. That was, was pretty mind-blowing to me because I had no idea. But yeah, check it out. I think it's very fascinating. Uh, we got a message from Sean A. Uh, he says... Your podcast is top-notch. I'm a 42-year-old grinder for the last 25 years. Had highs and lows. Unlucky and love, unlucky in love and cards until now. My girl loves poker, but not really into the blog, blog, or book scene. I directed her to your podcast, and she absolutely loved the content and the structure. You and Boosie make a great team. Please don't stop your content. It's amazing. Well, Sean, glowing, glowing review for this podcast from the closet. If only they could see this operation, they might think, (laughs) what is this I'm listening to actually? (laughs) But we really appreciate that. The, uh, the feedback, that kind of feedback makes me feel good. Yeah. I really appreciate the feedback too, because sometimes, you know, you don't want to make a podcast very rarely, but yeah, I'm, uh, always happy to make this podcast because I don't have to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think now it's like we don't have to edit as like too much because before I was just like, oh, 
trying to edit for every single like um and you know ah and um and ah mm-hmm. whatever um but now it's you know i think the more natural it is the better interesting and i think we're a little bit more confident you also discovered you can listen back at faster speed yes <laughs> that is a great trick nice but yes we appreciate you listening to the podcast Thank we definitely you. do um, to sean and mrs sean is there anything we will have to say? Mm. Meetup game on Tuesday at South Point, 3 p.m. Followed by another meetup game in Pompano Beach on the 24th. Followed by another meetup game at Maryland Live on the 30th. Be there. Be at all of them. I demand it. Wow. Or just one would be great. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for having us on your podcast listeners. Is mm-hmm. that what you used to say? That's what I said. I was almost going to say thank you for having us in your closet. I was like, no, we. you should thank us for letting us, letting you into our closet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're thrilled to be here. <laughs> if you like this podcast, please share it with your friends. Get some friends listening to this podcast. <laughs> sure. So you have something to gossip about on Friday night mm, when yes. you go out for a cocktail. And until next week. Until next week. Bye. Bye.